Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, I, I got to thinking, Tom Jones, maybe we're the only ones who can have nice things. Maybe just <laughs> Champa Bay. Maybe nobody else will ever have nice things again. Just this this sports town. Unbelievable. I believe it was six months to the day that the Bucks won a Super Bowl in this very same town. Second time, obviously, in less than a year. The Lightning uh, won it again. They go back-to-back, won another victory over Montreal. But so much was different about this one. Uh, in, in particular, Tom, having the fans in the building to enjoy it. Absolutely, and you saw the reaction uh, that from we're taping this immediately after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Bettman, who usually gets booed in these situations, and and usually it's just like just take, just give him the trophy and get out of the way. <laughs> he actually made a nice little speech there. I thought, that, and, that, and I think he, re, he he I think he did speak for the players when he said the best part about these last two years is was being able to do it in front of the fans. I went to Game Seven of the of the. Semifinals. I, I was going to call it the conference finals, but semifinals. That was an unreal atmosphere, and I've been in that building for a lot of games. Obviously, covering yeah. them over the years. Um, I was not there tonight, but um, but you could tell just watching off a of TV that it was just a remarkable scene there, and it's really cool. And Rick, you know, you were at the Super Bowl. Um, it's and you covered a lot of games this past year where there weren't fans in the stands. And it's different. It just is. It doesn't make it doesn't make the accomplishment any less impressive, but it makes it more meaningful, doesn't it, for the fans? Yeah, I absolutely. And the thing about that I had forgotten, um, you know, not only did they win their first Stanley Cup uh, over Dallas in the bubble, which was not an easy thing to do, and we can debate, you know, just um, where this ranks in terms of history, but uh, because of that very same thing, but this season began with no fans. You know, uh, you forget that they were playing in empty arenas this year, um, playing uh, in realigned divisions, not, you know, restricting a good bit of travel so that they they wouldn't have to be on the road much. Coronavirus was still very much with us when they started this second campaign. Yes, it was. And when you think about, you know, sort of the grit and determination, I mean, you understand professional sports and hockey in particular. You were there when the Stanley Cup was won here in 2004, you know, so much of this is a grind to begin with put in perspective just how how much harder and i i appreciate the fact that you're not maybe not playing in in visiting arenas maybe maybe that's the lack of a home home ice advantage might might actually help you in some respects i don't know but for for all that they've had to go through i would i would venture to guess that this team had a, had to have a little more grit and focus and all those things because of, of of what was happening around them for these last two years. Yeah, I thought last year in the bubble, and I know there's always going to be an asterisk probably with both of these for some people. I, I don't think so, but um, because, you know, this year, again, was different. You you played the same same teams basically throughout most of the season, yeah. and then the playoffs were a different scenario. But And then last year, of course, being in the bubble, which was a weird experience for everybody. But I, I also think that – and you saw this, Rick, I think, too, with football, that – um, yeah, you still got to go out there and it's between the lines or on the ice between the glasses or, or whatever. But you do, it's got to be weird not playing in front of people, which is what the Lightning had to do a year ago, which is what the Bucks did for most of this season. Yeah. Where, you know, you have to, you think, well, it's the easiest thing in the world to motivate yourself. Certainly playing in front of nobody's weird. It just is. Mm-hmm. It's, and, uh, and so I respect what they did a year ago. And then, and then this year, you get back into this. And again, I didn't play when I covered the team, but I know what it's like to cover a playoff series and the travel involved in your, you know, a game and then an off day, then a game and then a travel day and then a game and then another travel day. It's a grind. It's, it's, it's a mental, you need to have mental, just a real focus to play in these games. We saw too, Rick. I mean, at the end of this thing, you look at this team and Alex Kalorn couldn't play. That Mm -hmm. guy's as, as tough a guy as there is. 
couldn't play play. because he took such a shot blocking a shot, you know, that that he sacrificed his body and it knocked him out of the last two games, which has to be crushing for him because he may not be on this this hockey team. Yeah, he may not be. This could be it for him. But you, you saw what he went through. Nikita Kucherov, I have no idea what he had to do to get in and to play these games in the Stanley Cup final. Unreal. After mm-hmm. taking that cross check, I guarantee he has some sort of cracked rib. Steven Stamkos didn't look like Steven Stamkos. He's no. clearly injured. Mm-hmm. Everybody from both teams, I get it, is are injured. But mm-hmm. it was it's just to watch that, you know, players at the end of this thing with cuts on their faces and and just laying out and doing everything you can. Yeah, the, it's a it is a grind. It's a, it's a battle of attrition as much as everything, and that's what you appreciate. A lot of teams have skill, and the Tampa Bay Lightning is as skilled as any team in the league. But when you look back at these games, winning the conference for a semifinal one nothing, winning this game one nothing. I mean that these are games that are hard to play in, and this series was. Hard. I don't think Montreal. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Rick. This is gonna. I don't know how this. Is I know what you're going to say. And I don't I'm think Montreal's very good. They're not a yeah. very good team. Uh, you know what? And, I, and and listen, you shouldn't apologize for that, right? The the Bucks ended up playing uh, a team that John Gruden knew like the back of his hand in in Super Bowl 37, and and that absolutely helped them. Now they had to beat a Philadelphia nemesis on the road before that, so you don't take it away from them. But I'm I'm going to agree with you. Look, they had the 18th best record in the NHL when the when the playoffs began. Yeah. Now they beat two teams with the best record in all of hockey, um, you know, in Colorado and Las Vegas, so they earned their way here. But but to me, the the Lightning, I I, I think their series with the Islanders was much more difficult than this one. No to be question. honest with you. No question. And the point that I was ultimately going to get to, and I, I don't want to again, I don't want to look like I'm taking anything away from. Montreal, but I just uh, Montreal's not going to be back next year. They they won't be. They're just mm-hmm. they played in a bad division. I still say that North Division wasn't very good. You're right. They beat Vegas. That's an accomplishment. They were well, down three one. They beat three one to Toronto. They were three one to Toronto. All that I get all that. But what happened was when they got to this final, Rick, they looked. They looked. They know they had. Mm-hmm. They have an elite goaltender. They yes. do have that. Yes. And they have some talent. Don't get me wrong. They're not totally devoid of talent. But they looked across and they're like, there's no way we can match, match talent for talent with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they tried to turn it into a street fight. That's mm-hmm. what they wanted. They wanted to turn it into a grind. Mm-hmm. And the Lightning still dominated this series. I think the Lightning clearly were the better team in four of the five games. Now, interestingly enough, they lost one of the games. That I thought they were better. <laughs> I thought they were better in game four, and they just didn't win. Although I thought Montreal was better in game two, which the Lightning somehow won partly because of that incredible Blake Coleman goal. But um, but Montreal turned this into a street fight, and Lightning was like, fine, we'll play. Well, you want to fight? We'll fight you, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, it just goes to show you just what a grind. Rick, there's a champion every year, and I'm not saying it's not hard. It's very hard. We've seen it. It's very hard to win a championship, to win two in a row. That's, that's a different animal. That's a, now you're on an elite level. You're special at this point if you can win back-to-back. Yeah, there's so few franchises, uh, not just in the NHL, but in all of sport that are able to do that. Um, you know, my wife, I'm sitting here in Chicago and will be home tomorrow as as I uh, <laughs> traverse the United States with a storm back in Tampa. But, um, you know, she asked, did the, didn't the Blackhawks uh, of late win back-to-back? And they, they did win, I think, three Stanley Cups, but it was not. Right. I don't believe they went back-to-back. I think they were like every other year there for a while. Um, right. But it, listen – I think it's. I think you can appreciate this because you've covered sports for so long. Certainly, I can. Championships, in and of themselves, very hard. You start at the bottom of the mountain. Um, salary cap era, no salary cap era. It doesn't seem to matter. Obviously, baseball is a different animal. It's to some respects, but to to be standing on the top, there's only one team that can win, right? These are all professionals. These are all the best players in the world. Don't care what sport you're talking about. To do it twice. And to do it twice inside of a year, I mean, this is the thing. Like, you know, these guys aren't on their normal, you know. I mean, we're sitting here in July, and this thing just wrapped up on <laughs> July 7th. Right. You know, um, so it, it is very unusual uh, to kind of have that that compressed um, sort of, you know, sort of situation. Now, I'm going to say this. As long as Andre Vasilevsky is their goaltender, and he's 27, Tom, yeah, he's already put together what you could argue is 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 more than halfway to a Hall of Fame career, mm-hmm. and he's twenty seven. Um, as long as he's between the pipes and he won the Conn Smythe, rightfully so, 
they got a chance next year. They got a chance the year after that. And they got a really good chance the year after that because I'm telling you, just look at what he did in game-clinching games. Four shutouts in, in series-clinching games. And it's unbelievable, Rick. I think his record, what, over the last two postseasons is now 14-0, and I want to say? 14-0 after a loss. After a loss. They have not lost back-to-back games. Here's the thing, Rick. You go back, and, and, I'll get, and I'm with you on Vasilevsky. I want to talk about him in just a second. But we look back at that, that sweep to Columbus two years ago, and they yes. were, and it was just what a devastating sweep Crushing. that was. Yeah. Since then, Rick, they have, they've won eight straight playoff series since that, that playoff sweep. I, 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 double check me on this. I don't think they've trailed in a series since then. I'm, or no, they, they, right. they, they, no, you know what? I, I think they lost game one to Dallas, maybe in the, so I, I may be wrong about, but the bottom line is, is they, to win eight straight series and, and be as dominant as they've been in clinching games where, where they're shutting people out. And Vasilevsky, Rick, you just mentioned, I remember when he first came up. And Ben Bishop was their goalie. And I was this is back when I was still at the Times and I was covering mm-hmm. I was covering him pretty regularly. And I remember talking to a couple of people, Franz Jean, the, the goaltending coach, and Steve Eiserman at the time, uh, talking about him first coming on the scene, Vasilevsky. And everybody says, This guy's he, he's gonna be the next Martin Brodeur. And I'm like, hey, calm down, everybody. Like, <laughs> seriously, that's like saying this guy's gonna be the next Michael Jordan. Like, who yeah. says that? You don't say that. Right. And everybody said, No, I'm telling you, his his you know his, that's who his comparable is. It's more. It's Martin Brodeur. He's a he's a different size, but he's going to dom. He's going to change. He's going to change the franchise. Remember, he took over for Ben Bishop was a Vezina finalist. Rick, I mean, Ben Bishop helped turn this franchise around. He was the one that led him to the Stanley Cup um, yeah. finals in in two, back in 2015 when they played the, the Blackhawks. They got to a point where they had to make a decision: Do we keep Bishop, who was not old? Ben Bishop was not an old guy. He wasn't on mm-hmm. his way out the door. And they decided, you know what, we're going with Andre Vasilevsky. And what a, it was the right decision, even though Bishop uh, certainly is, was a, did so much for this franchise. But Vasilevsky, Rick, it's everybody. everything you said about everything everybody said about him. Like, yeah, the next Martin Brodeur. He's not quite Martin Brodeur yet, but he's on his way. And the way he's played the last two postseasons, it's just been incredible. Just He's so calm in that. And we saw the saves he made in game uh, in game five tonight the thing is rick when you when you watch him play he rarely gives up really like back you know just back breaking like oh what an awful goal and he'll make a few saves where it's like oh my gosh but he just seems so calm back there yeah also he's an iron man he's just the second goaltender in nhl history to play every game of back-to-back stanley cup runs uh joining montreal's ken dryden yeah now, now you're, you're talking about the 1970s now yeah. we talk about ken yeah. dryden yeah yeah, I mean, so that's incredible. Um, just to, uh, you know, we were talking about the price that these guys pay. And I, look, I, I don't cover hockey. I've never covered hockey. Um, I'm, I'm certainly somebody that enjoys sports and watches it, especially with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, and, and I've learned most of my hockey sitting next to you, um, either in the office or, uh, or on radio. But I know this, that this has to be one of the hardest trophies to win. You've got to win 16 games. Um, and a number of playoff series. And like you said, uh, before the bubble, the travel, all of that, these guys are broken up. Just to give you an idea how broken up, Alex Kalorn did not play these last two games. He will go down in lightning history for you know sacrificing his body. He told a news uh, organization after the game that he broke his fibula, had surgery last week to put in a rod, and hoped to play. It's incredible. He was on the I believe he was on the ice for the uh he was a, a game time decision on a couple Game of these time games. decision is what uh John Cooper said broken, that there was a that. chance. Broken, he had broken, a broken fibula. Leg. Yeah. I you know, I look back at uh 2015 Rick and this is again talking about just the grind that goes through and how hard it is to win a cup. So I think back to 2015 Lightning played the Blackhawks in the in the Stanley Cup finals. That year, I thought the Lightning were a great team. That remember that the the uh, the top line that they had was the best line. I think the best line in hockey that year were Johnson, Plot, Kucherov, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and look, Tyler Johnson played that final series with a broken wrist. Yes, um, he did. Ben Bishop had a partially torn groin uh, mm-hmm. in that series. Kept on playing. The next year, 
The Lightning, again, go into the playoffs as one of the favorites. Steven Stamkos gets a blood clot with like a few weeks left before the end of the season. Doesn't play all the playoffs. They somehow get to the Eastern Conference Final. Ben Bishop, who basically got him there, gets hurt in game one on a fluke play. Doesn't play the rest of that series. Stamkos comes back for game seven, but it's too late. I mean, these are the things that you have to deal with. We look at this. Kucherov almost wasn't able to play because he took a cross-jet in the cross-checking the ribs. Alex Kalorn doesn't play. This is out. This was Alex Kalorn's series here. I mean, this is this is the type of hockey that Alex Kalorn loves. This, yes. this physical series. They missed him, although, hey, give credit. Matthew Joseph, I thought, came in and played really well. Did really well. In, in this way. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, okay, I'll go through all this, Rick, and you think about all the things that, you know, could have gone wrong. Guys getting hurt, this and that. Stamkos wasn't, wasn't completely healthy. A year ago, remember, everything he had with the core injury and all that. But Here's the other thing, Rick. If I'd have told you two years ago, okay, they're going to win back-to-back Stanley Cups, and they're going to win, by the way, next year, the game-winning goal. Who, who do you think is going to score the game-winning goal? Well, and I was you were heading right where I wanted you to go. The two guys who, who were responsible for that goal in, in, to, to give them the clinching uh, second Stanley Cup, David Savard, who wasn't with this team last year and wasn't with it until late this year, and Ross Colton, which is really Ross Golton, yeah. You th- you think this guy will ever uh, have to buy a drink in Tampa Bay when he walks into a bar? I mean, what a way to start your career, right? With a with the game uh, series clinching goal. Um and you're right, for the core that they have and it's a look, it's a good or not a good organization. It's a great organization that continues to develop players. I think Julian Breesbaugh, people will be talking about him or should be as great as Stevie Eiserman did here trying to put together a core of players and many of which are are still the stars of this of this hockey team. It was really Breesbaugh who, who, after that Columbus series, you know, took over and made this team, gave them the ability to play this way, to win one to nothing games, to be able to be physical and scrap and and all the all the people, all the pieces that he brought in, many of which may be out the door now at this, you know, after this game because of salary cap and other things. Um, but they deserve a lot of credit because I, I go back, I'll never forget you saying after they lost those four games to Columbus. And I think all of this starts there, by the way. Yeah, I do I, I really do, because they were as skilled as anybody. How many games did they win that year? Or how many 62, points did they have? 62, they won 62 games or something? 62 just... games. They had the most tied for the most points in NHL history, I believe. Um, they they were you know winning 8-6 to six at times, but it didn't seem to matter. And, you know, they got swept. And I remember you saying, I was like, well, you know, what about, what if they come back, have a really good regular season? Nope, don't matter. What do you, that, <laughs> nope. Doesn't matter. They they got to win a cup. If they don't win a cup, if they don't get in the playoffs and get back to that spot and win a series and go on and win a cup, none of this they'll never erase that stain. It will always be around their necks. And you know what? I really do believe that that was the start of all of this. I think it was the start of of, of the determination. Um, and you could go back before that. You know, they lost to the Capitals, who went on and win a Stanley Cup. They didn't score a goal in the last two games. I mean. There were other experiences that this team had losing yeah, the Blackhawks. They lost another conference final. They had back to back years. They went to the conference final. Had three two leads in yeah. both years. In both, and, yeah, and lost. They had home was, games to win and didn't. Right, and so I mean, it, there has there has been um, a lot of success and a lot of heartache leading up to this, but nothing was sort of ground zero as much as that Columbus series. And it, I don't think it's a coincidence that as an organization. Um, as as general managers, front office, uh, John Cooper, whomever, um, found figured out what they needed, got it, and then put these pieces together. And of course, it all starts with the goaltending and all of that. Now, let me ask you this: Steven Stamkos. There was a, a column in the Tampa Bay Times with John Romano. I don't know if you wrote it, read it. That you know, we we're talking about Colton getting the the one goal. Wouldn't it have been great if Stamkos had another moment and he had scored the one goal to to put them over the top? Um, you know, in Game Five, he didn't. Look, we none of us will know how hurt he is. Uh, we know he went through a hell of a lot last year, and I still think provided one of the best moments in Tampa Bay sports with his goal. Uh, I think he skated all five shifts in that series. But w- have we seen the last of him? Your gut feeling. You don't know anything about anything. You don't know his injuries. Yes, you don't, I don't know. Yes, I don't but know. does winning a second straight Stanley Cup sort of cement him as a Hall of Famer uh, uh you know, is is a good walk off shot, or if his body feels good, are you in the rarest position of saying, "Look, I want to win three in a row." Boy, it's a great question, and and I will say this: that uh, you're not the 
first person to to sort of float the idea out there that would he think about walking away? Now I'll, I'll tell you something that I know about Stephen Stamkos, and that is, I don't know Stephen Stamkos. I mean, I've interviewed him. You know, I've interviewed him <laughs> That's a thousand. A great <laughs> sentence. I'll tell you one thing I know about Stephen Stamkos is I know nothing. About I don't Stephen know. <laughs> I've interviewed him a thousand times, uh, <laughs> but I don't feel like. I mean, I, I clearly don't know him, and I don't know what makes him tick. Ultimately, I, you yeah. know, I I know I know he's a tough uh, mentally, he's tough physically, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you ask a great question, Rick. At th- at this point, and I and I mentioned this, I think when I was on with Steve a, a week or so ago, that a second cup, as much as it means to everybody in the organization, I think it really validates Stamkos because as much as we can sit and look back at last year and wow, that goal meant a lot, and it's one of the great moments in Tampa sports history. You know what he's thinking? Like I played like five shifts, I played like yeah. two minutes it's, or whatever, and I scored I one goal. Do, but, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, right. Ultimately, I, yeah, I really wasn't a part of it. We they probably would have won without him anyway. Um, not this year. He was a part of it this year. This was, you know, he scored goals in the. He had playoffs. eight goals. It was a playoff record for yeah, him. For him, yeah. I mean, I, you saw him in Game Five, even though he's basically out there on one leg throwing checks like he's out mm-hmm. there on the power. I mean, he, he had some nice power play goals in these playoffs. Yeah. Um, this was all, you know, this, this, he was as much a part of this as anybody. And mm-hmm. now you wonder again, Rick. And again, I, this is what I go back where I don't know him. I don't know what motivates him there. And athletes are different than you and me. Like, you know, that like they, <laughs> no, yeah, they are. <laughs> I mean, just besides having God given talent, like just their mental makeup is different yeah. than everybody. Yeah. I don't know if he's reached the end of the line of like, I don't know if I want to rehab anymore. I don't know if I want to. And that's what it's going to come down to. I think is just like, what is, what, what does he have left? You know, um, how much has he gone through to play? Is he willing to do that again? You know, all of that's, all of those are questions that's probably for him, his doctor and his wife. I mean, you know, we don't know the price that these guys pay from a competitive standpoint though. What I have found is that most great players in any sport, they stay at the party too long. They're the ones that don't know when to leave. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, the the champagne is flat and everybody's out the door and the lights are off and they're still in there in the dark, you know, uh, scrambling around for their car keys. So I, I don't – and I don't know Stam, Stephen Stamkos at all. I've never talked to the guy. So um, you have a much bigger advantage than me. But um, I, I do know this, that this, this team, you know, will – and every team is different, right? Every year is different. You don't know what's going to happen year to year, really. But we do know this, that there is an expansion draft. There is some serious salary cap situations going on with the Lightning. And from an organizational standpoint, he may actually help them if he did retire. Not that that would be a consideration, but but there's no doubt that they could probably retain a player or two. Um, And he has a no-trade clause and all of that. Well, you, so, you know what he could do, Rick. He could he could set the the whole NHL on fire again and have people just go lose their minds by mm-hmm. going on long term injury and for the whole season. You know, <laughs> come back play like without to come back for the playoffs just to put him out there on the power play. I don't I don't know. I do know this, Rick. When he's healthy, he can still play. It looks to me like yeah. he can still play when he's healthy. I just don't know how healthy he is, and I don't know if he wants to to keep playing. If he wants to keep working, but you can you know, see that he doesn't have the speed that he once that he once had. No, but I don't know. I don't know how how far away from one hundred percent he is, and if he right. can get back to one hundred percent or what what yeah. he is. Look, this guy's been through a lot. He has, you know, he broke his snapped his leg in half. Yeah, um, he tore his knee up pretty bad. He's had the mm-hmm. the blood clot, he, the, the core clot, injury, yeah. and mm-hmm. I mean, these are a lot of things he's had to go through just to just to be able to play. And again. You know, you and me, we'd be like, you know, I get hit in the face or something. I'm like out of work for like a three weeks. You know, I mean, these guys. Oh yeah, they spit out chiclets. Yeah, yeah they they get, they lose teeth and they're and they're um, doing interviews after the game. I I don't I don't even. They're yeah, not so built I, like so me. So he could he could uh, you know he might decide like, you give me a few months, a couple months off here, and let me go back and start working again because I I do know this. Rick, when you watch those guys lift the Stanley Cup, any time that you think this is just a business for these guys, and I don't, it's just for all sports. You can talk. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is like his his legacy is established. It's done. There, we don't. He doesn't need to do another thing. He's the greatest of all time, no doubt about it. You can't tell me when when he won when the Bucks won a Super Bowl that he wasn't absolutely just 
giddy like he was 12. Like, oh, yeah. It means the world to these guys. You see Stamkos when he lifted that cup and when he was talking to Pierre Maguire and everything. And it was emotional, yeah. It, it, I mean, it means so much to these guys. So it's more than just a sport. You know one other guy I want to talk to? I don't know if you're going to bring him up at all, Rick. It's time, and, and maybe – Maybe I'm. We're. I don't think we're late to the party on this, but I think the whole rest of the NHL is a little bit late to the party. It's time to consider how close to being the best player in the world Nikita Kucherov is. Like that guy, he's he's in. I think he already was top five. I think now we got to start thinking about top two or three players in the game. Well, when you when you okay on a skill level, like yeah, on a skill level, and there's some of the old guard that's starting to to fade away a little bit. Whether you know. You're Sydney talking Crosby, about yeah. Sidney Crosby or Ovechkin, sure. you know, guys that can still can still play. I don't I don't know. I can't I don't know what the parallel is in sports for a guy who missed an entire regular season, came back, you know, and, and this might be the argument for why do we need preseason again? Why do we need why do we need exhibition games? Yeah, right. Why do we have to do any of this stuff, right? In the off season. But I mean, you hear when I hear hip surgery, I think of somebody that's like my age or older, right? Like a, a broken down, you know, weekend warrior or, or, or former football player, or whatnot. That the joint just gave out, and you, you've got it, and you're done. You know, you're just hoping to walk again. Um, I don't know what it takes to come back from something like that. Braden Point has done it, Kucherov did it, but but to not play and then to seemingly not miss a beat. What's clear is that his vision and the way he sees the game uh, and how quickly he's able to analyze things is a next level. I, I don't know that I've, and I haven't watched a ton of hockey, but I don't know that I've seen many players no, that you're, can you're, just you've make exactly. plays. They just, you know, it doesn't have to be him scoring. I mean, what he does setting up other players and always seemingly making the right play at the right time um, is the thing that I, that I sit back and marvel at because he's, he's just, you just, you're like, get it to Cooch. Let him make a play, right? And, and it seems to be does that better than anybody I've watched over the last few years. Everybody at the NHL level, and I've heard other. I'm stealing this from I forget who said it. I was listening to a radio show somewhere um, in another market, and they were talking hockey, and they were asking about Kucherov, and whoever the it was like a, it was like an analyst, it was like an Andy yeah. Olchuk or somebody like that was on there, and he said most guys who play in the NHL are. are you know, obviously elite hockey players, even if you play on a third or fourth line, you're really good. You're really smart. You're, you're one of the best in the world. And most hockey players think one move ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. He said Kucherov, or Kucherov thinks two or three moves ahead. It's incredible. And to the point where it's, it's – and the thing is now you got to be out there with guys who are also on the same wavelength as you. That's why Brain Point's really – you know, Brain Point and Victor Hedman and Steven Stamkos. And there's sometimes, you know, it's funny – if you watch Kucherov, there's sometimes he'll make a play where it's it doesn't work, and you're like, "What are you doing?" Like nobody in the world would even try that. But half the time he gets that pass through, or or that or mm-hmm. what he tries works, and then it's a tap in goal, and it's yeah. yeah. And again, other guys don't even try it because they don't even think that it might work. He's he's just incredible, Rick. And I think now what he's had back to back back to back postseasons of at least thirty points which is just a stunning number to have 30 points in a postseason. I think very few guys have done that. Maybe Lemieux, Gretzky, I know. Uh, there, there may have been some other guys. But that, that, those are the type of players we're talking about. And I think he's had 60, I want to say 66 points or something like that over the last two postseasons. 66 in like 40-some games. I mean, these games are hard. You see these games. They're one nothing games sometimes. Yeah. It's hard in the playoffs. You're getting – and. Uh, Look, he got targeted in this series. He got targeted, he got targeted in the Islanders in series. The Islanders too. series, right? Yeah. That's that's what you do because whatever the the officials let things go in the playoffs, and it's part of the game. You almost have to like, yeah, you're going to get hit, you're going to get slashed, you're going to get cross checked. Deal with it. We saw. I saw. If you noticed in Game Five tonight, there was a play right around the net. He went down. Shane Weber just like cross checked his head mm-hmm. into the ice. Mm-hmm. And the referee standing right there, and the referee's like, "All right, break it up. Let's go." And I Kuchar thought the didn't last. Complain. Yeah, no, he just he you knows know, it like comes with the territory, it. right? Yeah. The last couple games, I thought in particular, the Canadians really targeted him and Braden Point. Clearly, I feel like I feel like they say, and, and why not? Right, that's their two greatest playmakers. But the greatness of the of the Lightning is that they were able to, you know, create opportunities with their second, third, even fourth line, and that's what other teams don't have is that depth 
Uh, we mentioned Savard and Ross Colton, right? I mean, if you had them in the lottery, uh, or you know, for scoring the goal tonight, then you, you should, you know, you should play the real lottery. But <laughs> I, I, I just think that, you know, it, it's that depth that did it for them. But they, they clearly um, went out to to make life miserable for those guys, and to some to some degree, they succeeded. Here's what I want to know because, um, you, you know, you, you kind of like. Going back to the we have can only have nice things, but but in reality, there was a there was a tweet a little while ago, and, and Steve and I talked about it. Somebody said something like, "I can die now because somebody asked me how come Tampa has to win every championship. It's not fair." <laughs> um, yeah, there was a, somebody tweeted you and me both the other day. Did you yeah, see that? And they yeah. were just like, "Yeah, that somebody, yeah, they were in a bar, and somebody, how come in Tampa wins everything?" That's yeah. right. It's not, it's not, yeah, you guys win everything, um, and it's you know, it's it's unusual look we, we've been here for decades we've done this we know we know especially in tampa where winning hasn't come easy um they didn't even have a hockey team until the 90s so what's weird to me is that how do you think let's just start with this team how do you think the rest of the nhl views a place like tampa bay which you know i mean here's here's montreal right here's the first canadian team that's been in the finals in some time um so i think we're beyond you know being just shocked by Sunbelt teams doing well. But how does the rest of the NHL view this organization? In other words, um, it starts at the top, Jeffrey Vinnick, all of that. Mm-hmm. Do players, do, do, do other teams look at this and say, no, these guys, this legit best organization in hockey? I think they do, and I think the way you look at it, you, again, you start with the ownership. You mm-hmm. look at Jeff Vinnick, and he's been an incredible owner. I think the thing that most people respect about Jeffrey Vinnick, and I – Again, I know Jeff Finnick. I, I've covered mm-hmm. him. Um, he rarely made himself a part of the story. He was that's true. He, he, I, I tried to interview him a few times. Where again, he was he was always nice to me and very pleasant in person. And I would, yeah. But every now and then, I'd put in a request. He's like, ah, talk to you know, talk to Steve Griggs, who's the president, or, or back in the old days, you know, or talk to mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, you know talk, talk to other, talk to Steve Eiserman. He like you know. He was ne- he put people in charge and and then let them do their jobs. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing. You look, Steve Eiserman gave this organization credibility that it didn't have before he got here. I mean, at least you know since the the Cup team, sort of the, that you know the whole cowboy you know Coolis and uh, Len Berry and that, and that group uh, and the Barry Melrose all that. But since then, yeah, I mean Eiserman gave them credibility and and Julian Brisbois real respected around the league, and then. John Cooper, um, you know, John Cooper went, I think it's fair to say he went from a coach who I think most people thought he was pretty, pretty smart guy, but there was this, well, what have you won though? You know, you think you invented the game and what have you won? And then he's now he's won, he's won back to back and it's worked. And they look at the players who've come in here, guys who've joined Pat Maroon, guys like that. And, and, uh, Ryan McDonough, yep. guys that come from other organizations. Ryan Callahan came here at one point, helped, helped establish this, what we're watching now. Steven Stamkos is considered a class guy around the league. So I think they look and say, yeah, this, this is an organization that does things the right way. Mm-hmm. Victor Hedman, I didn't, we even talked about him tonight. Oh, my gosh. I mentioned this the other day, Rick, and now I'm going to put it out there again. I think you can make a legitimate argument at this point. I'm not saying he is the guy, but you could make an argument. Greatest athlete in Tampa Bay sports history, Victor Hedman. Um, the guy's won a a, a, a – um, Trophy for best defenseman, Norse mm-hmm. Trophy. Um, he's won, which would be like Defensive Player of the Year in football. Right. Or he's won a playoff MVP. He's now think about it. I think Rick. He's been in. You know, he's been not three Stanley Cups. He's won two of them. He's mm-hmm. been in three other conference finals that he's yeah. been a part of. I, I mean, he's this is an his resume is elite. His resume would top anything that that we can match uh, with the Rays or the or the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, they did go to a couple championship games. Derek Brooks would come to mind. Sure, as a yeah, defensive no, Brooks, player of the year. Sap, right? Um, perhaps Sap, who also did those things. Marty St. Louis, um, couple Marty scoring Saint championships. Louis, certainly, he would be in there. Um, uh, I think I mentioned Longoria. So yeah, there's not. It's a small list to begin with. I'm not sure you're wrong. I got news for you. They don't win any cups without Victor Hedman. They don't get to any cups without Victor Hedman. Right. Um, and he's the only one that would have multiple championships in this city. 
Besides the well, b- besides the uh, the stamp, of uh, the guys that you were considering, of oh, the guys the we were talking about, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, I mean, Stamkos no, obviously you could put in that category too. Yeah, you could Stamkos, put him Kalorin with Johnson, Hedman. All those guys, yeah, right. But but no, you're right. I mean, when we're, when we're talking about the the Warren Saps and the Derek Brooks mm-hmm. and the Longorias and people like that, the other thing too with Victor Hedman, Rick, if you look back, and I still say this, you know, I don't know how far they go because the playoffs are weird, but I guarantee you they they beat Columbus if he's healthy. In that they, that year, I they agree. get swept, you know. So, but I mean, they, but he didn't. He wasn't healthy. They got swept. That's hockey. That's the way it works. That's hockey. It's a war of attrition, right? But, um, but when you, when you talk about this, so how do people view this organization, Rick? I think people look at it and and say, yeah, you're talking about one of the elite franchises, certainly in the post cap uh, era, which has started in the year after 05. they won the cup. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so since then, they're you know the, only the Penguins have won back to back cups. Um, Detroit, you have to go back to the 90s before that to find a team that won back-to-back cups. It's going to be hard to keep this thing together. You mentioned a minute ago. They have salary cap issues. They're going to lose some people. Again. But the core is, the looks and the core is tremendous, though. And yeah. they seem to just keep coming up with players like a Ross Colton and others that come up here and belong. And, um, you know, I think that's part of being a great organization. It doesn't mean they won't take a step back here somewhere. Look, you think it's hard to win two? Try winning three in a row. Well, good. Now we're talking like you got to go back to the '80s. I think find <laughs> yeah. the last team that won three in a row. That was the old Islanders teams. Yeah. But but Rick, I'm telling you this this Stanley Cup, what it does, and this, this is going to be wrong because anytime you win a cup or a championship in any sport, it's hard to to rip on a on a franchise or an organization. But if we if they say they had lost this series or say they had lost Game Seven to the Islanders instead of getting to the finals, and and it pretty much broke up after that. We would look back at this franchise and and look back at this at this like sort of incarnation with the you know the Cooper right. Stamkos Hedman Kucherov era, and I think even with the cup, I think you could look at it and say this was a disappointment. They didn't win as much as they should have. They went. They lost in a cup final. They lost two conference finals, or it would have been three conference finals if they had lost mm-hmm. the Islanders. Um, they you know, won they one the- cup. It was in a bubble. It was ast- You know, it was an asterisk. This now makes now they. Now this now this makes up for everything. You know who they would have been, and this is not really a parallel because this team, um, you know, didn't win. But in many ways, they'd have been the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. You know, had they not, they'd have been the Braves. The, the, the Atlanta, Atlanta Braves, Braves. Yes. Who, who did won win eleven straight division titles and finally did win a World Series? But um, you know, Buffalo did not win a Super Bowl for all their AFC championships right. four in a row. Right? They lost. Um, now the Lightning wouldn't have gotten there four times in a row, but they were in that they were sort of in that greatest team not to really get get the prize, you know. Right, and I think um, even with that, if even if they had won with that one, I think people could have dismissed it as an asterisk. It just would have felt, I think, that yeah, that was great. What a great team they were, and they were they had a they were in contention. But it's a weird year, year. it's abbreviated. Yeah, but year. at, at was, the end know. of it all, you would have been like, yeah, but they probably should have won more. Well, now they've won more. They've won two, and that's I think. It it makes up for the Columbus sweep. It makes up for losing in the conference finals. It makes up for losing in the finals. No, maybe not to the guys who are on that team that that aren't here anymore. Not to them, yeah. But but yeah. I mean, just how we'll view this this era of Lightning hockey, we'll now view it. I think Rick. I think I saw something the other day. I saw a stat. I think this is right. Since they went, I'm going to screw this up, but I think people you'll get the gist of it. I think since that the year that they went to the um, cup final. I think they have like 20 more playoff victories than any other organization. And to think about that, they one year they missed the playoffs completely. And the other year they didn't win a playoff game because they got swept. So as these teams have won cups, the Penguins won back-to-back cups. Well, they've been knocked out in the first round of the last three years. Washington has, they won their cup. They really haven't been a factor in the playoffs since then. Chicago's fallen off the map here the last few years. Um, the LA Kings were, you know, they were a pretty good franchise there, won a couple cups. They've fallen off. So these teams and the Lightning throughout this whole thing has been really consistent. Now, they've had the core, as you mentioned, but they've kept adding to it. Braden Point wasn't a part of that cup team that went to the final, mm. you know. Um, and and guys, the other thing that's impressive, Rick, is the different roles. You look back at Tyler Johnson was a first-line player. In 2015, he's basically a third, fourth line guy now, mm-hmm. and uh, and is and I thought had a really good postseason. He did, 
And this was a guy who was put on waivers. They were trying to they were trying to get rid of him during the year. Nobody wanted him because of his contract. That's He's right. He's probably not going to be here next year. Correct. But he went out there and he played unbelievably well. And then you picked that, you know, Eric, a guy like Eric Chernak, who you picked. Mm-hmm. He was a throwaway in the Ben Bishop trade. Mm-hmm. And he's turned out now to a guy where you're going to protect him. You don't want to lose him. Right. Come, he wasn't. He wasn't a part of that first team. So as you mentioned, Rick, you talk about Julian Breezewan and what he's done. He he's added guys like Maroon and Goudreau and uh, and people and Aaron Chernak and people like that. Where you're just you're really impressed with how they keep adding to it. Maybe they'll find a way to add to it again. But you know the Andre Palats and the Tyler Johnsons and Alex Kalorns. They've just been, it's been really fun to watch them play over the last six years or seven years, whatever. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Have you seen anything like this? You know, on a day where the Rays, uh, they've been scuffling along, they, they swept, they had a five pitcher no hitter through seven innings. Uh, That's a no hitter, uh, by the way. I kind of is a no hitter. Do you? I think, I think it's a no hitter, don't you? That's no hits through seven innings. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, the direct direct the game counts, right? It's a game. Well, it is a game, and it's sort of like you know they put them in on second base in extra innings, but they still call that a win if you That's score true. them. That's true. Um, so I don't really know, but but nonetheless, I mean, look, the arrow is up. There's still a couple games behind Boston in the AL East. Um, they they've had you know good streaks, bad streaks. I don't know if they're going to make it back to to the American League Championship Series. I don't know if they're going to win the division. There's a lot of, of baseball ahead, but they're. They're, they're, tell you what, their future sure is bright with guys like Vidal Bruhan and um, uh, who am I <laughs> missing? Wander the Franco? Biggest, Wander Franco, the biggest <laughs> yeah. prospect in baseball, um, and all those guys. So the Rays are an incredible organization as well. Went to a World Series, took them to game six. They're back in the mix again. We mentioned the Bucks and Tom Brady and, you know, wins the Super Bowl. Again, albeit COVID situation, but first team to do it at home. Seven and five comes back wins eight in a row. He's back again this year. Twenty two starters, a lot of expectations. We got the Stanley Cup champions two times. Stanley Cup champions back to back. What in the hell is happening right now <laughs> in sports, Tom? It was. I'm telling you know. It, yeah, I'm telling I know you, what I'm, you're going to say. I'm taking credit. I'm, I'm taking credit for this. As I'm soon not as I disagreeing. Leave. I'm not sure I can disagree at this point. I got the, I got bad news for everybody in Tampa Bay. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the times. <laughs> no, I'm not. But it's. I, you know what though, Rick? I'm telling you, it's been um, somebody, and not, I don't want to turn this into me, but because it's not about me, obviously. But people have asked, yeah, have you, yeah, "Do you miss it's it?" It's about me. Do you that. miss it? Like, do you miss covering sports? And I've yeah. actually, what I've enjoyed is watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not rooting. Was I? You know, I watched a game tonight. Yeah, I, I kind of hope Tampa Bay would win because I know my kids are into it. Right. It's been fun As watching mine. it. My two daughters are the biggest lightning, They're lightning fans. I, saw I the, know. I yeah. saw that you guys were on vacation, yeah. and they were all jacked up. Your wife posted yeah. a photo of them getting all ready for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, it's been fun to watch it without being cons- sort of being consumed by it. You covered the Bucks all these years, Rick. Yeah. You covered Brady. Um, you covered this incredible Super Bowl, and I'm sure you appreciate it, but it, there's a different feel to it when you sort of sit back and and i did view it almost as a fan and i watched it and mm-hmm. you know third period to, in, tonight and third i went to game seven as i mentioned against the islanders right um, it, you're not worried about deadline no i'm not worried about the bit <laughs> here that's the thing like you're not I, looking I, up I, at the clock saying oh my god they better better finish i can't now. tell you how many times and you've been through this yourself how many times an incredible play happens and you're like, what happened? Because you're looking at your computer screen. <laughs> That's right. Because the stories do three seconds after the game is over. Yeah. We've and all you, had we've all had three different stories on our screen at one time, depending on what happened. How many stories did you have on your screen when Brady was down twenty eight three to the to the Falcons? You know? Yeah, I've gone through that. I was so mad at him. I, you know, I I had written how the how and this is true. I had written how the dynasty was over. This is. This is how the crown falls off the head of the king. You know, he yeah. had thrown an interception. He was sprawled out on the turf, 
and Atlanta was ringing it, running it back for a pick six, and he looked so old and hapless, flailing away at this guy that he couldn't couldn't trip up on his way. To, and and they were down twenty eight to three. And I said <laughs> that you know I had this whole story about you know this is the end, right? I buried Tom Brady right there at that field. Um, and of course we know he wasn't dead yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, we, we are constantly caught up, you know, trying to do our jobs and not being able to sit back a step and, and sort of enjoy the performances, you know, from start to finish because of our responsibility. But there's gotta be a part of you too, that says, man, I covered a lot of bad teams. Oh, that, that's exactly man, you know what no, I mean. Like, I, man, I, I watched a lot of bad football. I've watched a lot of bad Rays games. I've watched a lot of bad lightning games. And I so, covered I covered some horrible lightning teams over the yeah, years. Yeah, you did. And you covered some horrible bad Bucks ownerships, teams bad, and, you know, everything. It was yeah. jokes. Of, and the thing is, and where you really notice it, and I, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, we were laughing about it. But you know, I, somebody jumped me the other day on Twitter about me being negative, and I'm like, you realize, like, I didn't cover Tom Brady, like, right? These teams were bad that I covered. Right. What did you want me to write? And I think that's <laughs> right. what you really appreciate is. You don't appreciate how you're right, Rick. You don't appreciate how bad or how far away other those teams were from winning until you see a team that wins and and does and you know I look back at some of those Lightning teams and you're watching it and you're trying to you know paint a nice picture for people sometimes and you realize Mm -hmm. they that they don't have they don't have guys like Anthony Sorelli on and Tyler Johnson, Alex Kalorn, guys playing with broken legs and all. It's a different level. It's the championships are, are just. Are just uh, they show you, yeah. They they reveal not only how great they are, but how bad some of the teams that we covered were. Well, this puts a lot of pressure on the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady. I can tell you that. Well, but you know. you know what, Rick? I you know it's funny. Years ago, I asked. Uh, I think it was to remember people remember Bill Wickett and mm-hmm. uh, who covered the uh, or used to work for, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. No, now in Seattle. Nashville, or Nashville, Nashville with, the, yeah. with the Predators. Yeah, no. and he. Um, I think I asked him, and, and we were having a conversation one night. And I'm trying to think if I if the own, if Tom Wilson, who was the old you know president of the Lightning under Bill Davidson, right. when they won their first cup. And I think I asked something about because about that time the the Bucks were good too. They're getting and, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was sort of the you know this idea of do other teams in town want the other teams to fail? In other words, if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, do you want the Bucks to be any good? You're competing for the sports hey, dollar, all sports that. Sports yeah. dollar, right. And I think I talked to Rick Vaughn, the old Lightning, or the old Rays PR guy about this, and everybody said the same thing, like, no, you want everybody to be good because it feeds off of one another. Not only do the, do the organizations feed off one another, but the fans have pride. So I don't know how many – I follow a bunch of people who on, on Twitter who are – um, who are fans, just you know, people who follow me and I've gotten to know over the years. And it's fun to watch them like, all right, Ray's got their win, let's go lightning now, or let's move on to you know, that there is I think I think it does carry over. And you saw Kiermaier was tweeting about the Rays and Oh hey, uh there's been guys, you know, Brady's been on the big screen. There were guys uh I think Vita Vea was slamming a beer in the stands tonight um at Emily. We've so. seen Bucks, we've seen like Steven Stamkos taking BP at the Rays. I think yeah. a bunch of those guys showed up. I know. Remember a couple of years ago, Ryan Fitzpatrick and yeah. and Alex Kalorn because they both went to Harvard. OJ Howard, would, yeah. you know, was there. And I mean, they, yeah, they've they've done all that stuff. So I do think that there is sort of a, uh, a winners mentality. Winners like to be around winners, and I and I think to your point, it it excites, it sort of excites the fan base, right? You know, there are some people that are just hockey fans or just football fans, but for the most part, you're a Tampa Bay fan. Right, um, and so it does does get them. Well, it's just been an incredible run uh, for the Lightning. And uh, listen, the best thing you can say about this another boat parade. <laughs> Nobody does championships like Champa Bay, baby. And well, if, some, time... if somebody tries to toss the Stanley Cup <laughs> across the river the way Tom Brady did the Lombardi, I think the last time they just strapped it on the back of a jet ski, which was cool. Right. Well, it's funny. Like uh, my wife and I were watching it afterwards, and and the Phil Pritchard, I think, is the guy's name, who's the cup keeper, comes yeah. out on the ice, and my wife goes, uh, she goes, and I said, oh, I know that guy. You know, I've known him yeah. for years because I've you know covered the league, been around the Stanley Cup, been yeah. around the cup and everything, and uh, and she goes, well, what else does he do? I'm like, that's it. No, that's she his goes, job. That's his job. I go, yeah. And I go, she goes, what does he, what does he have to do? I go, he goes with the cup. He goes I said, wherever it goes. Wherever it goes. I go, these guys are going to have parties this summer. He's going to go to these parties and he's got to be there to make sure nobody 
like pees in the cup or does something like that they're not supposed to do with the cup. I said, yeah, so it's a, that would never happen. Right. So that's what I'm saying. This boat parade thing, like everybody's got to be careful. And this yeah. time it's going to, I don't know, not to, not to be like Debbie Downer here, but remember last year they, they win the cup in, in Edmonton and they come back. It's like COVID is like raging through the country. Yes, yes it and is. And they it's come on, back. And there's, and, no, guys, and there's no vaccine, by the way. The, no vaccine. There was, and they're, they're going through it. People are drinking out of the, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this got to be the ultimate super, super spreader in the history of the event. world. Yeah. And now this year, you know, hopefully because people are vaccinated and we're yes. somewhere. Only drink from it if you are vaccinated. We beg you. Yes, yes. Um, but but it's, it's, uh, it, it, it was fun to watch the fans be in the crowd for it. And it'll be fun to watch. And the rest of the nation parade. has to be envious because they get to see uh, Tampa Bay, Champa Bay, celebrate again as only they can on 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 the uh, boat parades, which is just phenomenal. So, um, as always, Tom, you're gracious to do this. Uh, I know you're on vacation, so I appreciate the time. It's always great to talk hockey with you. For the hockey fans out there, celebrate the Lightning's incredible back-to-back Cup win. Tampa Bay Lightning has a. Uh, Stanley Cup Championship commemorative hardcover book that's going to be produced by, yes, the Tampa Bay Times with Woo-hoo. the photographs and the stories that we have. No one follows the lightning closer than your Times team. So you can get a 160-page hardcover book today and save. You save $10. You order today. It's only twenty nine ninety five plus tax and shipping. So if you're a lightning fan or you love a lightning fan, don't miss out again on a uh, limited-time opportunity to order this book at this special rate, the offer expires August 5th, and the books ship on September 3rd, so order today. Tomorrow we're going to have our very important mailbag segment, so get your mailbag questions into us. Uh, hey, Tommy, can I just say something real sure. quick, too, Rick, that, as far as that book goes? Mm-hmm. I, just to plug, I don't even work there anymore, but right. uh, I know the photos are being, most of the photos are taken by Dirk Shad. Dirk Shad, tremendous. Who is a, uh, just a remarkable hockey yes. shooter, um, and I, I can't wait to see the book. Hall of Fame uh, yes. photographer, especially absolutely. when it comes to uh, to uh, the NHL. So absolutely do that. And then tomorrow, uh, get your mailbag questions in. You can do that by sending them on Twitter to me, at NFL Stroud, um, also at Sports Day Tampa Bay, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Tommy, always great to talk to you, buddy, and uh, we will do so again. Enjoy the rest of your week. University, you bet. Yes, I'm on my way. I, I have a couple hours. I'll be catching a Southwest flight and then back at it. I've been at it, actually, uh, covering the Bucks this week. We're going to be uh, on Sunday, I think, 13 days from training camp, Jeez. if you can believe that. That's all. Well, that's, now, now, see, that's what everything's weird. They, the Lightning win a Stanley Cup, and 13 days later. Bam. That's right. <laughs> I'm completely Bam. lost. The world, is, the world is off its access. All-star access. break is coming. It's crazy. But we, we are we're going to uh, – Go ahead and enjoy this uh, among the Tampa Bay fans. Happy for all of you um, that have uh, enjoyed this season. Happy for the Tampa Bay Lightning as they win their second straight Stanley Cup. Back-to-back, baby, here in Tampa Bay where we're the only ones who can have nice things. For Steve Burstick and Tom Jones, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 